It's always great to get talking to you. Look, the sun is out. You've had great weather besides last Friday, Saturday, and, and Sunday to a degree. To, to have practice, you've got a spring game coming up on Saturday. The MLS got started last night. We've got a million things to talk about. How's the early workouts been going? Going great, Glass. I'm really pleased on you know what, what we're doing in the, on and off the field. We, we have... Uh, a new strength and conditioning coach um, with Bobby, and he's done a nice job of integrating some 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 of his concepts into the team, and that's I think seen some good results with uh, how our boys are moving and their fitness and just the overall um, speed and quickness that we're starting to you know find in the in, in, in the in the sessions, and then the actual field sessions themselves have been uh, and have been good. Obviously, you're missing pieces, so you know you have. You're all your guys from last year are gone, and then you're waiting for all your new pieces. So there's there's obviously great opportunity for some of the younger players or even older players that haven't had a, an opportunity to, to kind of create depth or into the depth chart. Um, this is a good window for them. It's a great opportunity. So we're, we're pleased with some of the progress that our guys are making. How, how flexible are you with your chess pieces this time of year? Do you try guys in new spots because you have some of these holes? Do you shift some players around uh, because of need, want? How, how do you put that all together? Yes, that's, that is the nice thing. I mean, you know, they're, they're friendlies, although we, we do approach them with, with an intent to get a result. Um, we do have some game, game planning that we do that you know, we don't use the score line we don't kind of budge, if you will. If we have a goal of getting a player into a new position and it's not going great, we can't just you know pull them for ten minutes. No, we go with the safer option. We have to see it kind of play out. And sometimes you you learn by it's not working, um, and you also learn by oh that looks really good. You know we just we need to see more of that. And so between the two, the experimentation is really really positive. Um, you know byproduct of the spring schedule. I mean, you got to play some good teams that will challenge you too, and you know. Luckily, we have you know a, a, a deep roster, meaning that you know the, the top of our team and the bottom there's not this massive gap at all, and so our sessions in themselves are challenging, which I think differentiate our program from others. But when you get into the gameplay, now it's time to yes, you know, try a player that's maybe we're experimenting with that he's never played um, with us in. in you know, it's hard to do that only in training, so you got to see it against competition outside, and that's what some of these games will be. So we're not experimenting with you know every position. We, we're going to try one or two things. So sometimes you don't know what's working or, or not working if you take make too many changes. So we're, we're trying to be cognizant of that. But we will give some there'll be some new faces that are you know for fans are able to come out um, to these games. We we don't um, you know really market these games. It's obviously free to the public to come out and, and watch. Um, but you know, having some fans is good for our guys to kind of feel some pressure from outside. But you'll see some new faces that uh, you know we either were registered last year or just haven't had their opportunity to uh, to get minutes. So you're experimenting with the players, but you're not experimenting with the system or your principles, right? Everything that uh, Indiana soccer does, you're just you're just moving the chess pieces around in that board. It, would that be an accurate way of uh, putting that together? Yeah, I mean, we maybe in in a in a spring, if we feel like going into the fall, we're gonna maybe have a little bit different shape. I mean, maybe a couple of years. Remember, we started in a three back system um, in in twenty 
a little bit of, of 22, I believe we started. It just wasn't, it, we thought we had the pieces for that. And it wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't like it wasn't working, but we felt like it wasn't necessarily helping as much as going back to something that they're more familiar with. So it's also then not just a shape, but it's how differently the player will play. So take, for instance, you know, Quentin Elliott as a right back. He'll be a much more aggressive attacking outside back than Brett Beebe. In, on paper, it's still a four-back, but the way we'll get him forward and how and when will look different, and we have to get the team to kind of understand that. And that's that's kind of the, the learning piece of, a, of new pieces to a team, is that, you know, the things that BB liked to do, and, and we, we looked for BB, now we'll look a bit different than Quentin Elliott, and we need to start understanding that as a group. And that's 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 where the, the tweaking is as much as anything. How many times have you called Quentin Elliott Quentin Helmer? Huh. I don't think once, but oh, it, look at you! I don't know. You are fresh. Yeah, no, I, well, <laughs> I don't. I, I don't know if uh, maybe I have, and they haven't even told me. Um, I, I, I'm very. I mean, I, I've asked the staff on so many occasions. I don't think of any of the mayor boys. And now that we have Josh here, <laughs> I've never called the other one the other name. Just, I've certainly called my own kids the wrong name, and yet I've really focused on not calling the the Jays of the mayor family the opposite name. Um, and I think I'm I'm 100 percent batting on that, which is crazy. So yeah, it's uh, it, it, it's Quinn Helmer. You know, he went by Q, and now uh, Quinn Elliott goes by Q. So we had to. Um, well, Quinn Helmer is not training with us anymore. He's in school still. He's technically on the roster, but he's not really training. So it okay. actually makes it a little bit easier. I probably would mix it up, class, if he was a training. So well, luckily, he we gotta have a little fun in the spring. There. We got to have a little spring, <laughs> oh, spring yeah. fun, boss. Yeah. Uh, 1 yeah. o'clock Saturday, yeah. we will have fun. Evansville will be in town, and then the following Saturday, you will be in St. Louis with the uh, Billikens. And uh, what do you hope to gain? Now, you have a quick turnaround here, then you have a month off. So I know you've been with it since January, getting this all getting this all together. Now you go two games in seven days after just training, training, training. What's the goal for Evansville? And then kind of the quick turnaround for St. Louis. Uh, same goals both games, or you, you split it into two separate kind of events and, uh, and check marks? I think each game, based on maybe what we saw from the previous game, will be where we might you know, change some experimentation or kind of positional objectives. So you can't really map out, you know, game two, three, four, until you kind of know what game one looked like. Now we have some ideas that, hey, we're going to really try um, a certain player in a certain part of the field that maybe he's not played as much. Now it might be a general theme, but how much we use him in that game might differ from game to game. But we'll kind of stay with the theme, uh, if you will. So I think each game will will present. They play a little different. Say, uh, Evansville will. will be a little bit more expansive. They'll push a few more numbers forward. Evan, uh, St. Louis is a, is, a, is a pretty conservative team. They'll get quickly in a deeper block. They'll, they'll look to transition and catch you in transition encounters. Um, Evansville a little bit different with what they like to do. So I think the, the two games over the next two weeks will also just give us different styles to deal with. And the one thing we don't do that is very different in the fall, we don't pre-scout the opponent meaning we don't really talk about what the team the strengths, you know, what's the go-to players, even what shape. It's, it's a bit of an activity for the players and staff to be able to adjust in real time and say, okay, you know, there's going to be an opponent next year that we came in and all of a sudden they changed their shape before our game. It happens every year, two, three, four games. 
and you can spend, you know, uh, you know, 20, 30 minute video session restarts a, a day of practice prepping for a shape. And all of a sudden they throw you a curveball. You can't, you can't panic. You got to figure it out. And that's, that's another kind of activity of the spring is that we don't give much information at all to our players about our opponent. And we go in more blind. And is that smart for an objective of winning the game? No, but it's good activity to learn how to handle where space is, matchups, um, et cetera, in real time. And that's, that's part of the spring, which I like. February 24th. Today's the 22nd, kids. Write this down. Saturday, 1 o'clock, Bill Armstrong Stadium right here in Bloomington. Then on March 2nd, tell your friends or make the trip up yourself, your home away from home, Grand Park in Westfield. The Billikens will be in town. And then it's an entire month of uh, March off. We have spring break in there and some other things going on. April 6th at Kentucky, April 12th. Back to Bill Armstrong Stadium for IUPUI. And then back to Grand Park on the 19th of April to wrap up against Notre Dame. When you uh, when you put the lineup sheet, the team sheet out against Evansville, are you guys going to play two 45-minute halves, three 30-minute periods, unlimited subs? For the folks that will show up, and I know, I know they're listening, they will be there on Saturday. What, what do they expect to see coach yeah so we will do it's a great question class we do change some formats in in the spring and even preseason games because you're allowed to do that uh we're going to play 245s no extra time no penalties and sometimes you will see in the spring that we might play 330s we might play you know 245s and an extra 20 regardless um we might play overtime we might play for penalties so that's kind of the objectives as we move forward. But this first game, based on the, the, the healthy bodies, and we're, we're down some guys, and Shrevensville might be as well. Um, we're just going to play 245s. The substitution will be, will be free, meaning that any substitution will happen uh, just so we can get guys in the game. So that will also look a little different. You might see a sub on an opposite throw, for an example, um, just so we can kind of keep the game flowing and get the players in and out of the game you know, to our objectives. So that's how it will look for, uh, for Saturday. It's 245s, different substitution rules um, in the spring for what we want to manage and no overtime if, if it were to be tied. And uh, we'll then regroup and then you, it might be different for, for St. Louis, for instance. Like we might have a couple of different conditions based on the opponent, our health, and what time of the season. We really liked, you know, finishing with, uh, you know, penalties last spring, ironically against Notre Dame. Um, <laughs> Just to give you know a pressure, there was two three thousand fans up at Grand Park. It was a great atmosphere, really good game, and you know uh, that was pressure. And, and is it the same pressure you felt you know in, in December? No, but it's as close as you can get. And I did think that you know definitely uh, you know gave us confidence. You know as we were preparing to go to penalties and to Notre Dame again, I thought our guys were, were prepared. They're mentally in a good spot and. You know, unfortunately, it was just uh, six inches on a post, which was the difference of uh, not advancing the college cup. But those are good activities to do with the right atmosphere. Not that that bothers you all off season or any anything like that. Six inches. <laughs> no, I'm not six, thinking about that. Six inches and in a post. The name of the autobiography: Six Inches and a Post. No, no. The head coach is Todd Yegley. He's our great friend and getting ready for spring soccer. Also, don't forget single season and season ticket, single game and season tickets are on sale for the 2024 Indiana soccer season. And uh, I can't remember who you were talking to a couple weeks ago, but you broke the news that uh, the Big Ten regular season will expand because. 
because, well, the conference is expanding. Tell us what we know in the scheduling world for 2024 in the big – well, it's no longer 10. It hasn't been 10 for a while in the Big 18. Yes. So, as you know, Glass, and our, our uh, you know, soccer followers that are close, you know, we, we, have now, we now have 11. So we had nine. So now we're at 11 on the men's soccer side. So we have decided to play all 10 of uh, your opponents in the regular season to what you would call a proper regular season champion. In most other sports, they don't play everyone and they rotate. Um, but we felt in this particular year to launch the new, the new the look that we would do that. Now, it's creating a little bit of challenge with, with travel, and we don't quite know until we do it, right? And um, we're keeping the Big Ten tournament, but it's going to be a modified Big Ten. It's going to be seven teams. Um, one team, the top seed, will get a bye, which is an incredible advantage. We haven't had that since the um, the early years of, of Big Ten play, which you remember. So it, it looks different. Only seven teams make the conference tournament. It's, it's going to be competitive. I mean, we all know that our friends at Maryland were finished ninth. Who would have thought that oh, my Maryland gosh, is yeah. the non-qualified? I mean, you just wouldn't. If you, you said that, you would bet a lot of money, class, that that would not happen. <laughs> So who who knows with the two new teams with the the parity um, in our league in college soccer you know who knows but I know this every Big Ten game is going to have even more importance not only for that top spot you know you win the regular season you win another title we obviously had an opportunity to do that again this year and we did it but then you get the number one seed now you get a buy you're in the semifinal that's a huge advantage um, you get a little more rests and it's probably going to be a better RPI game in the end. Um, and and better for the conference. For exactly right, because I remember last year you were quite disappointed by the lack of respect for the Big Ten and what uh, the NCAA tournament draw came out and w- w- lacking. <laughs> now you add uh, UCLA and Washington in there. Uh, it's going to be really hard for yeah. whatever reasons, and I, we won't get into those today, but um, you've added ammunition in a good way for uh, postseason uh tournament placement i would think yeah you hit it you hit a class i mean you we, we you do a 10-year study um you know we're about a four-team postseason bid league historically i mean that's the, the math um and you're adding so to have one team last year i mean this is 10 years of four teams on average um the lowest was three and the highest we had was six is is crazy to think that we had a one bid league um, it should not have been. It should not have been. Um, but it happened. We deal with it. So moving forward, I think we're six league, uh, 16 bid. You, Washington, UCLA are regular tournament teams. You know, 80% of the time, probably the last 10 years, I don't have the exact number. And, and quite honestly, deep tournament teams, um, as you yes. know. I mean, UCLA, not as much as of recent, but historically a very, you know, they're, they're a blue blood. Um, and Washington is kind of one of the more kind of up and coming in the last 10 years program. Um, obviously played them in the sweet 16. They made a college cup final. They're in, they're in, they're in the tournament mix. Now they didn't make tournaments last year, but they were very good. We saw them, you know, first game of the season. So we all know the quality of teams not making the tournament. Right. Um, so, I mean, just think about it. I mean, a six bid league, think about every game, how important those are. And, Michigan State didn't have a loss until, you know, two weeks left in the season, and they didn't get a bid, as an, as an example. So we need to do a bit better in our non-conference slate as a conference, all of us included. And if we do that, 
um, then we are in a great position in the Big Ten with the new new additions to to be well represented in the tournament. And uh, w- when we get representation, we typically do well as a conference. And that historically has been evident as well. Todd Yegley, Indiana men's soccer coach here on a Thursday afternoon, getting ready for Evansville, 1 o'clock Saturday, right here in Bloomington, Bill Armstrong Stadium, Jerry Yegley Field, 1 o'clock, free admission. And then the following Saturday, well, that'll be the first Saturday of March, Grand Park against St. Louis University SLU. Uh, that will be a big one indoors. Uh, and we should have nice weather for, for that one as well. Uh, two things before we uh, wrap things. Will Bruin retires. You want to feel old today? There you go. <laughs> yeah, that was. Yeah, I had a had a good chat with Will about a month ago, and we chatted about some of the the, the options he was looking at, and you know, he he gave me a little a little hint in our conversation. Of course, I wasn't going to go to the public that this was very likely, um, but he had a couple scenarios he was looking at, and it, it didn't play out as as I think in, in Will's case, he he was able to choose when and where to go. He had opportunities to keep playing. I know that. It's just I think he said it was time. Um, based on his family and just moving and all the logistics, so I mean, he is he he, he is and and will I think be one of the the, the top American goal scorers for quite a while in the league. I think he ended up being third of kind of current American MLS guys before he left, um, which is very impressive in his 13 year season. And yeah, playing 13 yeah, seasons—that's what I wanted to ask you about. I mean, that 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 longevity—that's that's that's not normal. It is. It isn't, but you know what? What you see, Glass, and this says a lot about the types of guys that we get, and you you know a lot of these because you've been around. Is that they're the players that clubs want to have in their team. You know, you're going to get two, three more years out of a player because of the value they bring, and it, maybe it's a diminished role within the minutes. So you know, Will's minutes have dropped obviously the last two, three years of his career. There's a many clubs that, that when that happens, then you just move the player on. He's done. You find a way to renegotiate. You find a role. You realize the value they bring to the roster. I mean, Drew Moore, right? How many years did he play? Two thousand. Oh, forever. Um, <laughs> and, you know, Ned Grabovoy, Danny O'Rourke, uh, Jake Peterson. We keep going on the list. I mean, these are guys that that's the, that's the, I would love to see that stat. I mean, of of programs in college. The, the longevity, not just guys getting into the league, but actually having long careers, we have amazing examples of that. And you know, there's a lot that goes into that health. There's a little bit of, of a break. All this, all those things come, but there's one thing consistent. They're really good teammates. They're the types of guys you want in your locker room and you bring value to your team. And when you move into an older role of, of, within your team, those qualities are more important. So I'm really proud of that. And, and Will was that example. I mean, he's such a competitor so much fun to be around, um, had a swag to him, obviously had some physical strengths that were different to translate to the pro league, and he had uncanny ability to find big goals and didn't have to have a lot of touches to do so. And that's, uh, so yeah, I'm, 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 I was, I feel lucky to have coached Will and kind of see his, his progress through the years. And, you know, we all kind of celebrate his time and now he's, you know, off to the next chapter, wherever that is, you know, him and his wife, um, who obviously played uh, volleyball here, Caitlin. It's it's neat to you know still see them when we go on the road, and uh, with, with all of our alums, they show up at our games and get to see the kids and and, and check in. So um, pretty pretty cool to to kind of honor Will with with uh, what a wonderful career. 
How um, I don't want to bring up uh, stuff, but I, I got. I just I'm just curious. He turns his ankle what two days before the Akron game? When did that? I mean, that is that the unluckiest yeah, was, of unlucky? I, he was banging goals in for fun. He was he was unmarkable. Uh, we go on the road to Akron at the the Zip Bowl or whatever they call that place. The place is mm-hmm. rocking, and he walks out. He looks like he's got a leg warmer on his leg because his ankle's two sizes too big. Couldn't, can't get his boot on, but he went out there and tried to gut it out. Um, well, that was unlucky. Yeah, and and we <laughs> that team, you know, player for player, that Akron team had more juice than we did that year. Obviously, they went on to 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 win that year in 2010, and and we were the type of team built to beat them. Yep. Um, and Will Bruin was the, was one of those reasons. They, they were a very aggressive high line center backs weren't overly athletic, but very smart, like very good center backs, but they struggled against a team that could have a physical attribute like Will Bruin. And that just, you know, without Will healthy, he was 60%. I mean, we still played him, but you know, he was half himself and, it still was pretty effective, I guess. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm not saying we would have won that game, uh, Glass, but it would have been really interesting. I think it was 3-2 without three two with him limping around or something like that. Yeah, we made a great game of it. And again, that was a great team that Kale put together, and, and I thought our, our guys executed you know, what we needed to do against that opponent on the road. And that, the team that we had, I thought we, we put our best foot forward. And, uh, yeah, it was like a pin drop. You could hear it. Um, you know, I still remember like where I was in Mellencamp. Uh, it's like I, I know exactly where I was standing. You know, we're playing like a little directional possession to goal, and and he goes up for a little head ball and comes down on his ankle, and no. it, it, like everyone, yeah. And it was about I think about three days out from the game, and so and and, and that's where you know it's I use that as the example of do you always want a great goal score on your team? Yes, we're striving, we're always wanting it. But you you need to have more balance than that, and and so always in our in our build we're looking can, can we get enough six you know seven eight goal scores um, when I say goal scores players that can chip in six seven eight so if you have a fifteen goal score and you drop down to two or three goals for number two guy you're in trouble <laughs> and that was kind of that team a little bit um, they were so dependent on will scoring that we just didn't have the confidence that, you know, player two could get it done in, in a game of that stature. So you kind of lose confidence in the team, and that's not what you want going into a tournament. It, again, I thought our guys played really darn well that day, all things considered, but um, that was a memory that will be etched in my in, – in, in my, and not, not in a positive one. <laughs> no, <laughs> but uh, of, just uh, how about it. Going down with an injury. And it just shows two. It was two one. Andy you know, Adler scored for yeah. for us. I always say we always bubble wrap a little bit in, in the postseason. <laughs> I get smarter. I was still a younger head coach. I think even the activity the day we did, maybe I would be different today. So uh, you know, that's also living and learning on what to do in, in the postseason. So, um, yep. Good stuff, my friend. Hey, let's stay healthy. Saturday, 1 o'clock, Bill Armstrong, and then it's up to Grand Park on March 2nd against St. Louis. We'll get caught up with you after those two games and see what we learned from those two uh, two outings and uh, get ready for uh, then the big April portion of the schedule when you guys have three more games. A lot of soccer glass, MLS kicking off, US. I mean, we could talk a lot of stuff. You know, that's what's fun. I'm ready. Some of our boys will be, yeah, we've got some new coaches in the league with the <laughs> yeah. back and 
16. Calendar, June 20, yeah, June 22, we have Caleb versus Noonan. The New England versus Cincy. That's a, that will be a must. That might be a glass road trip. Oh, definitely. Um, Put me down. I'm in to, to see to see that those two teammates go head to head will be really fun. <laughs> Sixteen Hoosiers opening Major League Soccer. The season kicked off with Messi and the gang last night beating what was that Real Salt Lake? Did I see that correctly? Uh, two goals to nil. Great job, Gaffer. I appreciate the time as always, and we'll get caught up with you uh, after the St. Louis game. You got it. Thanks, class.